All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I would like to announce number 72 has entered as an eligible receiver. Uh, it's got to be one of the funnest things I've seen in a while, the, the way the crowd uh, loves Zach Banner coming onto the field these days. But uh, we'll touch on that maybe later and, and uh, many, many other things. But uh Big win for the Steelers um, this past Monday night. Of course, now they have a short week, have to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts, who currently lead the AFC South and uh, are, are playing pretty darn good football. Um, and, and we'll talk about them a little later. But uh, to, to kind of break everything down here, and we'll start with the latest news and stuff. But um, to do that, Ben Anderson is with me. And uh, Ben, uh, how are you doing tonight? And uh, how, how were you feeling about halfway through the uh, first quarter on Monday night? Uh, I I tweeted out, you know, yeah. I said, just fucking pull him already. You know, it was just he was playing yeah. so badly. And then I went back and I watched the film. And by the way, I'm fine tonight. But uh, I went back and I watched the film mm-hmm. and, and it was – just as bad as I thought it was when I watched it live, it may have been worse. He he wasn't yeah. just throwing the ball poorly. He was making bad decisions. He was missing open receivers. Uh, on that first throw, when he th- he locked in on Johnson and, and tried to, to force it in there, mm-hmm. the ball inside, inside shoulder and short uh, against one of the best cornerbacks in the league, which mm-hmm. you, you know you can't do. No. He had Juju open on the other side. For an easy ten yard throw between the, the the left hash mark and the numbers, and it probably would have gone for fifteen. I mean, it was it was an mm-hmm, easy mm-hmm. throw. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know why he locked in on Johnson and and didn't scan the field, but he he missed Juju on that throw, for example. Uh, there was another throw where Juju later on in, in the first half where Juju had uh, I don't know two steps on not not on Howard on the other corner. Um, yeah, the guy they eventually picked on all night yeah, long, and 24. I can't think of his name. Yeah, and yeah exactly who he was. had him, and if he'd hit him in stride, that was a long game. It may have gone for six, and he threw it short, and instead it was no completion. You know, it was incomplete, and it was it was things like that the entire first half, and then, you know, they kind of turned the tide, like right there at the two-minute warning when they got yeah. the ball back and and drove the length of the field and scored. And I felt a lot better going in at halftime. I don't know about oh, you. I was like, sure. okay, okay. Now sure. they're starting to pull their heads out. Now things will be okay. And, you know, by the end of the, the third quarter, now it's it was 17-14. And then, you know, in the fourth, yeah. they were already driving when the fourth quarter started. And it was pretty obvious to me they were going to score again. And sure enough, they did. You know. So, I mean, basically the, the story of that game, even the defense, I didn't think played very well. For about the first quarter, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Mark Barron trying to strip the ball on the uh, two—that's just uh, dumb. Um, like a bunch of guys missing tackles. Yeah. I didn't see a real great sense of urgency. Uh, I blame that uh, not on coaching, but on locker room leadership, which is still non-existent in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I think that uh, hopefully these uh these high character drafts they've been taking for the last four years will will pay off here sometime in the future and we'll get some good leaders in that locker room but right now we just don't have it and it it's driving me nuts i was pretty pleased with the way those guys bounced back but not having any sense of urgency when they came out coupled with really horrible quarterback play 
led to them getting in that in that hole. Yeah. And you know, after that, they just dominated. The last 32 minutes, they had four sacks, they forced four turnovers, they had two tackles for loss, and they scored 27 unanswered points. And if you if you look at that game in two parts, as opposed to looking at the game as a whole and going, yeah. rah, rah, you almost have to look at it in two parts. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it that way, basically they were being dominated and then they completely turned the tide and dominated the other team. And that really is a credit to their coaching and maybe to a degree to, you know, the, the thing mm-hmm. I was just pitching about the, the locker room leadership. But the point I really want to make, if you're a Steelers fan and I get it, people are frustrated, but sure. If you want to blame the way a team starts the game on the coaching and say it's all the coach's fault, the coach sucks, mm-hmm. the coach needs to go, the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach, but then not give him any credit when they turn things around completely and do a 180 and then dominate that That's team, point. Yeah. you are not thinking. You are reacting from emotion. And – you know, if you come at me during a game when I'm drinking, I'm probably just going <laughs> to tell you that you're dumb. So, you, you drink during morning. games? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I, know I, that. I, I do. I didn't and, know and that. Whis- <laughs> the whiskey whispers in my ear. Don't be nice. Just tell them what you think. Forget oh. it. Well, you, you know, let me. We're going to get to Rudolph a little more specifically here shortly, but but I, I want to go back to something that you said about about leadership and stuff because it, this was the type of game that always scares most fans because you just expect to win. This is a team uh, in Miami that was zero and six coming in. They had basically had fire sale after fire sale, and it and it continued leading right up to the game with with um, Kenyon Drake getting shipped out to Arizona. Um, and so I, I think it's only natural, even for professional athletes, to just say, okay, I think we can walk through this one and get a W. And and it was a good smack in the face that they received early on. And so I, I do, and I agree with your point. If, if we're going to rip on the coaches for the lack of preparation, then we better be willing to praise them for the lack of adjustment and getting this team back into the game and, and to dominate the game and into a victory. And the same can be said for the players. If we're going to complain about the lack of leadership, the, the overall lack of effort, hustle, uh, then we better be willing to praise when all that stuff started. So it, 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 that's why I look at this game very much as, as a tale of, of two games. I, I mean, this, this really was, um, uh, you know, you look at what Miami did and, and, you know, Fitzpatrick, <laughs> what a character that guy is. He's out there smiling all the time. You got to love a guy that just goes out there and has fun. He's playing with house money all the time. He, he just, he just enjoys it and, and, you know, has that kind of attitude. But, um, it, you know, as far as Rudolph, um, the, the, the positive takeaway is that he bounced back that he played well, kind of as you said, over over those last eh, 32 minutes or so. Um, but but there's still there's still things there. You know, the, there's nothing he can do right now about the arm strength. It, it's, it's not superb by any stretch. And the thing that I really noticed, and, and maybe you noticed this too, is he still continues to struggle getting the, the ball in front of the receivers on crossing routes. And perhaps more alarmingly, when when there are timing routes, he is late delivering the ball, and that leads uh, leaves a door open for the defensive back to make a break. And we saw that two or three different times, 
and then it improved in the second half. So I don't know if he just needed a, a thump on the head to get himself straightened back around, whatever it was. But but Ben, that first half was just just ugly, as you alluded to in the opening comments, and you could see it on the all twenty two. He was just he was just locking on guys because we had guys open. There's no doubt in my mind we had yeah. guys open, right? Yeah, the problem is not the receivers. The problem has been the quarterback play. Yeah. And his mechanics in the first half in particular Ugh. were a mixed bag. I mean, he was throwing off his back foot. back foot. He was not timing his throws well, as you just alluded to. He wasn't. His ball placement was poor. His footwork was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then he got it. It got better as the game went along, mm-hmm. and, and his performance throwing got better as the game went along. And I think there were some instances where he realized that the throw was late, and so he was trying to force it to try and catch up. Definitely. And he doesn't have the, the gun for that. He doesn't. He's no. not Ben. Ben no. can just do that. But you know, he, he's mm-hmm. got the big arm. That's it's different. Um, Mason doesn't have that. And and the majority of the throws that Mason can make are going to be those timing based throws because he doesn't have that big arm. He can't zip it in there when he sees a little window suddenly open up. Yeah. You know. No, but he's going to get better. He is. His oh, anticipation is going to get better. His ball placement's going to get better. His mechanics will get better. Um, you know, his arm, his motion, his throwing motion is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just his footwork needs to be more consistent. And, yeah, you know, it, he got knocked out. He took a week off. And <laughs> maybe that did play some kind of a role in this. And I'm not going to discount that possibility. You know, he finally took a shot. You know, as you and I were talking about before we went on on the air, and yep. and he seemed to get better after that happened. Uh, I thought on the last drive in the in the first half, mm-hmm. right before the two minute, right excuse me, right after the two minute warning, that right. last play where he threw the touchdown, he knew he was going to get hit. He knew yes. it. Yes, yes, absolutely. That was an all out blitz in front of man coverage, and he stood there, waited for the th- waited for the the opening, and threw it out there and took a shot. And he was fine. It was a great throw. It mm-hmm. was a great route, and it, it scored a touchdown. I honestly didn't think we would get the touchdown, but I was psyched that we got the first down. Yeah, you know. And then and then he won yeah. the end zone. It was like that's that was that was the best way to end that horrible, terrible half. Oh, it was huge. I, I mean, it, it just you you could feel the air going out of that building, and and as quickly as that happened, you could feel it all come right back in, and. Um, you know, I I, I was uh, kind of DMing a little bit with uh, fan Hall of Famer Rick, and and he he was saying the same thing. You know, in the in his seats there uh, in Heinz, just that it was so dead, and just that one play, everybody was right back in it. It was a brand new game, uh, and and you just you felt good about it. So, you know, I, again, the kid is going to make mistakes, and he's going to get better. He, he's going to keep coming along, and and the receivers, I think, are doing a real good job for him, especially. You know, we're, we're seeing kind of this guy rise right now, Deontay Johnson, um, which we all had hope for. Uh, and, and man, he is he has become a really good receiver uh, and possibly becoming that number two guy to take a little pressure off Juju. So uh, lots of good things after those those first, you know, 18 minutes or so. And, um, uh, you know, and, and just to update everybody too, um, the, the latest uh, injury stuff. Whew. Right now, uh, Connor has the AC joint uh, in his right shoulder, and um, 
based on everything I'm told, and, and you can fill in here too, Ben, it sounds like you know he, he's going to miss most of the week of practice. He could potentially play, uh, but as Tomlin said yesterday, it's definitely going to be a game-time decision. Um, and and uh, did we hear anything on Benny Snell today about the knee? No. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't either. Anyway. No, no, I did not not hear anything on that. And, uh, you know, the, the good news is you do have Jalen Samuels coming back and, and Trey Edmonds is there, um, you know, and might get a few snaps as well because, you know, Samuels hasn't played in a month. So I, I don't know what can be totally expected of him. But um, that, that AC joint for, for Connor, Ben, that, that's the type of thing that could be a week or it could be several weeks, isn't it? Yeah, he's not. I'd be shocked if he plays this week. And yeah. honestly, he's going to be in pain the rest of the year. Um, I still have no problem with with the decision to leave him in the game. Nor uh, I. Yep. Given the fact that Snell was already out with yep. the knee. And frankly, that Trey Edmonds just isn't that reliable. I I don't know why they haven't signed an, up, signed an upgrade out there. There's got to be somebody on the market right now that is better than Trey Edmonds. I know they value familiarity, but yes. come on. That guy, what's he do? He he runs up the middle and and gets half a yard and gets and falls down. That I mean, was on a pretty crucial play too. That, yeah. that his one carry and there was pretty little effort out of him on that, I thought. I I don't know if that that the effort was poor. I just don't yeah. think he's got any burst. He just oh, well, doesn't he just doesn't might, have yeah. that ability. He's not an NFL running back. No, bottom line. Very um, true. So, I, like I said, I don't, I don't have a problem with them leaving uh, Connor in there to to close out the game. Um, I I wish he hadn't gotten hurt. Obviously, uh, sure. had a hell of a game, 145 yards on 23 carries. But uh, you know, well, and that and that leads me to this, and it's it's something that we've discussed before, and I I think we're going to have to discuss again. Um, I, I thought his effort on Monday night was just unbelievably great um he he kind of knew he was gonna have to carry the load as badly as mason looked in those first you know 20 minutes and and he did he literally was carrying that offense and um but unfortunately the knock on james connor is is his durability or lack thereof and um I I just don't know what you do with him long-term, Ben. I, I, you know, especially with running backs being kind of a dime a dozen these days. I, I mean, what what do you do with him? Well, I've already gone on record on this podcast, thanks to you putting me on the spot. That's <laughs> uh, what I do. And that was, that was before this happened. Uh, yes. You know, I... I don't sign him to a big money deal. I don't. And I, I probably don't even extend him next year. I let him, I let him play his last year out and I see what I want to do at that point. Um, I just, I think, I think he might be at the beginning of his decline. And uh, I'm afraid that in James case, that decline is going to come at a younger age because of all the health problems he's already had on top yeah. of the fact that he runs with a very physical style, you know, and he's gone through cancer and he's had the injuries that he's had. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't, I know the guy's got 
a ton of heart and I, I got all the respect <laughs> yeah. in the world for him, but this, you know, this business at the, at the end of the day, this business is about winning. It, it is. And, you know, uh, the, the best players play and James isn't going to be one of the best players for long, in my opinion. I, I know. I, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's, it's almost like talking about, you know, one of, one of your kids and that, you know, they used to do something really well and now they're struggling to do that. And, you know, you're, you're having a hard time kind of breaking that to them. And, you know, it's, it's not that he doesn't do it well. It's just that, as you said, he's, he runs so hard and so physical and he, and he puts such wear and tear on his body. And, and this isn't like Jerome Bettis who had a body and a frame that could take that beating, even as beaten up as Jerome was every, every Monday morning. But, um, he he just he just isn't a reliable running back right now. Um, it's it's like two three weeks and then he's down again. Two three weeks and then he's down again. And and you know, I, I I'm with you. I don't think you can extend him um, at least right now. And and you know, I I realize maybe we're jumping the gun a bit. Maybe he he you know gets a a shot in that shoulder and plays this week. I I don't know, but I just know what his history has been with the Steelers and. And unfortunately, it's been uh, been riddled with injury. And, Honestly, uh, I I you know. hope he doesn't play this week. I I hope he well, sits down, and because w- they're going to need him in December, yeah. when the fields get get bad, they're going to yeah. need effective running back play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to have to get healthy. And you know, playing this week is not going to help him with that. Even if they pad yeah. that shoulder heavily, it's still going to take some abuse. Definitely, and I just don't. I just don't think it's worth it to to force the issue this week. Um, you know, and on top of that, you do have Samuels coming back, which helps. Yeah. Um, He'll be fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If nothing we'll see else. what happens. I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they end up signing a line or signing a running back this week, though, because well, uh, they added a, a kid from Pitt to the practice squad, but right. um, I mean that he's a body at this point. You know. Um, Anyway, you're uh, listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And right now you can get a brand new Pitt-themed shirt. It's it's actually a really cool shirt in the Pitt colors, uh, uh, the blue and and uh, the gold, if you will. And it uh, uh, says lit on it, and it's got the tower with the light up into the sky. It's just a really, really unique, cool-looking T-shirt. And um uh, I think you made the comment when that shirt came out, Ben, that it would be really cool if Juju had gone to Pitt and not USC, right. <laughs> which I, I thought was I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but, they, but anyway, yeah, they, yeah, they light up the the tower when yeah. when Pitt wins, and that right. that's where it's coming from. So big tradition. And, yeah. uh, but, but grab one of those shirts. They're tremendous. And, uh, cuddles for kids is again, the, uh, the very worthy cause this, this week, um, for 26 shirts. So please consider it, get a great shirt, do something good at the same time. Um, I, I, Ben, I want to talk a little bit about the defense because, um, I, I think, you know, it's hard to really say a whole lot because it was the Miami Dolphins, uh, their offensive line is not exactly one of the more stellar in the NFL. However, uh, I thought Cam Hayward played a very good game, and, and he knows that the pressure's on him with no Stephon to it. Um, and, and then there is, of course, Watt and all these other guys. But uh, starting, let, let, let's start with Watt for a second. Um, 
What are the areas that you've seen him improve the most in the, in the last year or two as a as a pass rusher? I thought last year was his best year as a pass rusher. I don't think mm-hmm. he's as good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cam's game has always been the bull rush. Um, sure. He's not he's not a guy who gets past people as a general rule. He he has a decent swim move, but it's not great. And his his strength is literally his physical strength. Yeah. Uh that's that's his best trait. Um uh, you know, I who was um uh who's the center in in uh Atlanta last year? Alex Mack? Uh yeah. Yeah, cuz he came from Cleveland. Picked him up and drove him back into Matt Ryan. That yeah. was insane. You know, you're talking about a guy who weighs over 300 pounds. Cam picks him up, drives him back into Matt Ryan, grabs Matt Ryan for the sack. Yeah, that's I remember insane. it well. <laughs> that's insane, man. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not only humiliating for the center because, I mean, yeah. you get, uh, God, you, that's not going to be a fun film session to go through. But you. it's incredible that he did it. It was amazing. I can't tell you how hard that is. And it's that's the the kind of thing he can do. If he gets mm-hmm. if he gets both hands on you, forget it. It's over. Yeah, and and you know I know it's easy to talk about Cam. I I originally asked you about Watt in terms of you know what, and you thought that he he was a little better last year. Has he just built up his his repertoire of of moves? Has he increased his strength, his speed? Is it a combination of all those things? He he just seems to me to to be a, a maybe the numbers aren't as great, but he seems to me to be a little bit more complete as a pass rusher this year. He is. He's got. He's got better moves. He uh, he's got more moves. He's got more counters, and yeah. that's the thing that's really driving it. He's also doing a better job setting guys up. He's not just thinking about this down. He's mm-hmm. thinking about you know the next down, the the one after that. He's thinking about how to set a guy up for when he really needs to make a play. You know when we're when we're at third and nine we need to get the, we need to get off the field what am i going to use on this guy yeah you know if i've been using this the entire game he's expecting it i want to be able to counter that and give him something he's not expecting and there's a whole mental thing there's a whole mental aspect of that that goes on and he's just become a lot better player uh, yeah. i don't know of a, a better way to put that you know he just he's worked at his craft and added things here and there yes he's stronger Yes, he's heavier. Yes, he's a little quicker. But those are minute little changes, you know. Mm-hmm. The thing mm-hmm. that he's really done is improve the mental side of the of the game. Well, and I don't think people understand that, and, and you did a good job pointing this out, that pass rushers aren't always rushing for that play. They're also rushing for plays down the line. And, and, you know, as we saw with, let's say, Alejandro Villanueva, who, who early on as a starter really struggled because he, he was, you know, then the way he's built, he's constantly kind of off balance. And, and a good pass rusher will do that to a, an offensive tackle because it's, it's bull rush, it's swim, it's hesitation, it's chop down, it's this. that you, you, you almost become a batter facing a really, really good pitcher. You don't know what's coming next. And that's really the idea. It's not just about a guy who has bend or a guy who has speed. It, it, it really is a lot more to it than that. 
and and he's been really fun to watch mature in that sense. Now, opposite him, of course, and, and I saw some discussion today is Bud Dupree. Um, I, I mean, do you feel it's a foregone conclusion that he's still not coming back to the Steelers after this year? No. No, Although, he's not. I, yeah. I, I do not feel that's, that that is a foregone conclusion. Um, I did mm-hmm. feel that way going into the season. Yeah. I do not feel that way now. And I'll be honest, that doesn't really make me all that happy. Bud is playing better, okay? We have yep. to give both Bud and Keith Butler credit because Keith Butler is now the, the outside linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Keith Butler has got quite the resume actually coaching linebackers. Absolutely. So this isn't, you know, a real shock. But he is playing better, um, and uh, I'm just not seeing enough there yeah. to think that Bud is worth the big contract. And I think he's probably going to get offered one by the Steelers at the end of the year because I think he's probably going to get, you know, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood of eight or nine sacks. Yep. And... Yep. You know, he's he's made some other plays with turnovers, um, forcing the ball out, picks. Um, he's got tackles for loss. You know, he's and he's doing some of the other. He's doing the dirty work where he is. He is on the field covering running backs, uh, covering tight ends, staying there in the flat. And he's doing a good job there. So I. I. I'm afraid, honestly, that he's going to yeah. end up getting the big deal and that they're not going to invest either draft capital or, or free agent capital into another player. Um, like, I, I mean, I know Shaq Barrett's mm-hmm. not – actually, Shaq Barrett is going to be a free agent again at the end of the year. He is, I yeah. wish – one year. really wish they had tried to sign Shaq Barrett to a long-term deal in the offseason and let mm-hmm. Bud walk. But they didn't, and now Barrett signed a, a a really cheap deal with Tampa, and he's he's tearing it up. He's going to yeah. be, you know, a fifteen twenty million dollar player next year, and Bud's going to be, you know, a mediocre starter in Pittsburgh, and probably get another deal. And I'll be honest with you, with Dupree, my my concern is that. I think if he does get paid, I think he kind of reverts back to the Bud Dupree we've seen the last few years. That's um, what I'm afraid of, too. Yeah, it, it just it, – and, and look, I, I don't know Bud Dupree, but I, I'm just going off based on the performance I've seen of him leading up to this. Yes, he's he's better. Yes, he's made some plays, but you just can't help but wonder if there's a lot of motivation there to get that one huge contract – um, whether it come from Pittsburgh or, or one of the other teams, but that that's my concern with him. Um, so let, let me stay on the defensive side of the ball here. Um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick comes up with two interceptions and, you know, Ian was mentioning this before the show. Um, he has got really good ball skills and I think it becomes sometimes under appreciated, uh, just just how important it is to have secondary guys. It, it's great when you have guys that can cover, and it's great that you, you have guys that can tackle. But when you've got guys that also have the ability to, to see the ball, go after the ball, catch the ball, 
it just it just makes a huge difference, and we've seen it in the secondary. Um, I, I mean, how how pleased, how impressed, whatever word you want to use, are you so far with him back there? Extremely. He's made a huge yeah. difference. I mean, gigantic difference. Um, the team is giving up literally half as many points since he joined the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're getting turnovers constantly on a weekly basis. I don't want to, you know, give him all the credit for that. No. But the the biggest thing you see is they're not blowing coverages anymore. And he's no. the guy back there. He's he's calling the coverage for the, the defensive backfield. And he's making sure that everybody's on the same page. And we're just not seeing them blowing any coverages. They're They're not leaving guys uncovered. And that was the thing that stood out before with Sean Davis and, mm-hmm. and before him, you know, with, with Mike Mitchell is that they were constantly blowing coverages and, you know, pointing at each other going, I thought you had him. I thought you had him. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and yeah, I mean the ball skills. Yeah, of course that's been a big thing because Huge. he locates the ball in the air, you know, where, yep. uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not a a guy who thinks that Terrell Edmonds sucks. Like so many people do. Right. I think he's okay. I don't think he was worthy of a first round pick. I did not right. have a first round grade on him in that draft. Um, I do think that he has incredible athleticism. I don't mm-hmm. think that he's a very smart player. And Ian made the point when we were talking before that yeah. uh, Edmonds didn't know where the ball was. The ball right. was in the air. Minka knew right where it was, was tracking it. And Edmonds didn't know where the ball was. And that's been a common theme with him. He, it he has. struggles to find where the ball is. It has. And um, that awareness that Minka has is leading to two. Minka has five career interceptions. Five. Yeah. Three are with the Steelers. And he's been with the team, what, four weeks? Four or five <laughs> weeks. Yeah. No, I know it. It's just amazing what happens when you you put someone that competent on the back end. And it, you know, by the way, uh, uh, Sean Davis, I think, can start practicing this week. I think. No. Is it uh, next week? It's, co- it's uh, coming up, isn't it? Uh, I don't know when they put him on, but he's got to be on IR for at least six weeks. Right. He can practice for two, and then they can add him to the active roster after that two week period is up. Right. Um, they can I, also I, not take yeah. him off IR. And honestly, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I agree. That's where I was. Eventually uh, I mean, going. I don't know. I mean, they, they may bring him back. They may say that, you know, Sean Davis is an upgrade to cam Kelly yeah. and we're going to bring Sean Davis back. Cause we're paying him anyway. And we're going to have him play that role that Kelly's playing now. And, you know, I'm sure at the end of the year, they're going to move on from Sean Davis and, and he's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what I was getting at was that, you know, do they like him better than, than Cam Kelly? And, and, you know, that's obviously you're, you're talking about uh, roster positions there at that point, but I, my gut feeling tells me that he's probably just going to be IR'd the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, it's a gut feeling, but you know, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a question, not just of Cam Kelly's skill set but also of whether or not they decide they need another safety because yeah. Davis can also play strong safety. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, did it a lot his his rookie year, if I remember. I mean, he was yeah. actually pretty pretty good up around the last. Yeah, his, his his first and second year, he he played strong safety. Uh, first year though, he also played slot, and that you know, yeah, ooh, yeah. yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, um, I, I mentioned him earlier in the podcast, but I'll, I'll flip back over to the offensive side of the ball for a second. Um, what, what do you like about Deontay Johnson? I mean, the kid is just uh, he's making this very steady positive progress each week uh and again i know the dolphin secondary was was very banged up and and very exposed by us but um i i i love what this kid's doing i i, I mean i see better route running all the time i see uh uh better hands out to catch the ball and and running with the ball i mean i i, I like what i see out of this kid uh he's an outstanding route runner is what i see um, I don't know why he's not returning punts. The fact that he's not really yeah. bugs the crap out of me. Um, sorry, Ryan Switzer fans. He's just <laughs> not that good. He just isn't. Uh, really nice guy. Super. Got nice all the guy. respect in the yeah. world for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't know him personally, but the way he conducts himself is commendable. Absolutely. But that doesn't make him a good football player. And yeah. uh, his his worth in the offense is dwindling on a weekly basis and he's not good on special teams. So I just, I just don't know why he's back there. Um, getting back to, uh, it's, it's almost a security blanket type thing with him. It, it, it almost is. And yeah. yeah. And Johnson, you know, he's got fairly reliable hands, but the thing that really sets him off is his route running ability. Mm-hmm. He was the number one wide receiver on the Steelers board. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they got you him know, in the third. They yeah. were thrilled that they got him in the third round. And I, I still think back to that night, day rather, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, at least it was day here. I don't know what time it was <laughs> in the East Coast. But uh how pissed off everybody was that, that the Steelers had taken this crappy player, this crappy wide receiver that nobody had heard of in the third round. Yeah. And I was like, man, I mean, should we have a little more faith? in this team, given the wide receivers that they've of, chosen. Right. Of all the positions, right? I mean, it, don't get me wrong. If they'd taken like another corner or uh, a safety or something. Okay. I could see it where you'd be like, who, well, who the hell is this guy? Right. What, what's the deal? And you know, I mean, even Jeremy Lane is turning out to be kind of a disappointment right now, but yeah. let's hope he picks it up next year. Uh, but uh yeah, I mean, have a little more faith in the Steelers when they're picking wide receivers. They're damn good at it, and this kid is no exception. No, he, he's not. He's playing really well, and and I hope that that, that continues. Um, and again, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And, um, of course, the Steelers have the Indianapolis Colts coming into town this Sunday, one o'clock kick. I know that excites most people. And, uh, you know, this is a team that uh, won kind of, kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a lucky win. They they had Adam, Adam Vinatieri nail a 52-yarder at the gun pretty much to beat uh, the Broncos, who, who played a very good game uh, up to that point. Um, but, you know, what do you see when you see uh, the Colts offensively, Ben? I mean, I, you know, Obviously, T.Y. Hilton, and you got Brissett's playing pretty well. I mean, what what are the Steelers going to have to do defensively? Cover the tight end for <laughs> once. Yeah, that helps. You know, I mean, I they've been doing a better job 
again, since they added Minka of covering tight ends, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. bringing in that three safety set and, and covering tight ends that way, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but they, yeah, they got to cover tight ends. They got to cover Hilton. But I mean, honestly, Hayden and Nelson are both playing really well on the outside yep. right now. Let's hope yep. that, you know, continues to be the, the case. Um, I mean, I even even on those throws that Fitzpatrick was completing last Sunday, those throws were money. I mean, the coverage was there. It's just oh, the he throws. Threw some, yeah, he threw some darts. He threw man. some darts, man. He threw some dimes. I was yep. shocked. I mean, Hayden's right on top of the guy, and mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's throwing it anyway and, and getting completions. It wasn't because Hayden wasn't where he was supposed to be. He was there. It just they were they were throwing really – he was throwing the ball really well. Yeah. And he's got to continue playing like that. Uh, but Nelson, yeah, Nelson has been a fantastic addition. Uh, Hayden's playing well. The rotation there they've got at the dime, excuse me, at the nickel where uh, where Hilton is playing first and second downs. Mm-hmm. And they're having Sutton come in on obvious passing downs. It's working out really well, too. So I'm not real concerned about the defensive backfield. Um, no. Other than, like I said, don't forget to to cover the tight end. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the big thing. And then, you know, uh, I think that offensively what the Steelers have got to do this week is run some more misdirection. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like they defense over there. Yep. Yeah. Like they've done with, uh, with Jalen Samuels in the lineup and like they did, against the chargers is run, run some more misdirection, keep them guessing, spread them out and, you know, play ball control. Keep, did. Yeah. Yeah. Did, keep did, your defense off the field. Did uh, Randy Feetner, did he go to Roosevelt Knicks a little too often for you on Monday night? No, no, not at all. I, I, I felt there were times when it, it got stale. I don't mind if you're going to use him, but, to keep running the ISO over and over when the Dolphins have kind of figured out they're just following the fullback, I thought that's the perfect opportunity to to fake your right and then come back to the left, you know, type thing. And and yeah, didn't but really I, do I that. Think Maybe that that's was, coming this week. That, yeah, I think that was kind of in the plan. It was like, okay, yeah. look, it's it's the Dolphins. They don't have a very yeah. good run defense, <laughs> right? You know, we're going to run this and run this and run this, and we're gonna we want to put the film out. So that mm-hmm, people are keying sure. on it that way, and then we can go, yep, we're going to go, oh, we're not actually going to follow the fullback. We're going to yeah. pull a guard over to this side, and he's going to open up a giant gaping hole, and we're going to run. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, you know, uh, I didn't mention that Ramon Foster, as far as we know, is still in concussion protocol. Um, th- that's the one position where I, I, like, never, ever, ever have a palpitation because B.J. Finney, has always come in and and you don't ever skip a beat with him. And uh, the Steelers didn't. I mean, pass protection was still good. The running yeah. game was still good. And if, yeah. if Finney has to make the start, I'm totally cool with that. I agree with you. And I will say that the Steelers were really foolish not to extend Finney this year. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, at least make the offer. At right. least put it out there and go, hey, man, we're making an offer to you. We want to keep you around for – Five years, you're the heir apparent at one of these guard spots, most likely Foster's. Foster, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. And uh, I, I'm hoping that, you know, they'll have some discussions. And uh, Ramon has has gotten as much out of uh, a, a guy 
that that you know came aboard so late uh as he did and and he's played tremendously but you know i i think the the years are starting to catch up with him or what, what do they say it's not the years it's the mileage um but uh we'll uh we'll start wrapping things up right there um i, I look for a really good game on sunday i i think this is a winnable game i think it's the type of game that could really propel this team forward um you know i kind of told ian before we came on the air here that you know the steelers are extreme right now they've they've lost to teams that have a, a combined four losses total they've beaten three teams that have a combined uh three wins total so this is a good test for them and um i'm, I'm looking forward to it so uh, thank you for listening as always and please uh whatever platform you're listening to the show on whether it be uh itunes stitchers Breaker, whatever take just a second give us a review if you would please we would really really appreciate it so for ben this is steel dad signing off this is the steel city blitz steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash pittsburgh